This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. With me today is my co-host Hans, who just got finished watching the the film we're talking about tonight, Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. Interface is active and we're at full power. What's your levels this time? You just make sure you pull the trigger on the way out. After initial binding, you'll be locked in, with no loss of control permitted during this performance. We can't afford any mistakes on this one. Ready? Also have uh, Jack. Okay, I'm still hungry on Twitter. How are you doing? How's your podcast doing? Shut the fuck up, man. You know I don't do that anymore. How long has it been since you guys did an episode before uh, your co-host went uh, completely insane and decided to drop out? Which which one? That's a good question. Which one? What's Frank up to? <laughs> How's Frank doing these days? Dude, I have, that was that was with that last episode you heard with Frank on it. That was the last. That was the last I spoke. You haven't talked to him since then? Everybody just went their separate ways? No, I was just, I'm, I was, it's the whole thing, but I was just, yeah, I was like, I'm, I don't want to do this. That, that podcast was just a pain in the ass. Like every week, Brandy would be like, uh, are we done yet? Can we stop now? Can we please stop? Yeah. Like every week. She's like, so we're quitting now, right? She would just say that, like with no, for no reason. And I was just like, oh, okay, fine. We have to stop. This is just no fun. It wasn't fun anymore. So. Yes. And, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of behind the scenes drama in addition to on air drama we won't get into. But uh, when are you bringing it back? I hear there's going to be like a re- reboot or something. You're going to do uh, Stephen Hawking Fight Club 2. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, well, I don't know. I, I kind of want to, but I'm just like, it's just, so, I feel like I just, I, I feel like I just, I, it was so hard the first time and, and doing it again is just going to be. Well, we're going to be talking about films tonight. We're going to be talking about movies. (laughs) We've got a great new movie that just came out recently. It's my number three of the year because this has been an awful year for movies. Jack, wouldn't you agree it's been an awful year for movies? Yeah, it's been horrific. Yeah, it's been horrific. It's probably the worst year for movies ever since like the 1920s. Oh, that's the the golden era of movies. We have uh, Hans and I have a friend who's trying to make the argument that... That film peaked in the 1920s or 1930s. But, um, yes, Tim Stabers. Mad Max was oh, this yeah. decade. And that's, I guarantee Mad Max is better than anything in the 1920s. Or anything before, like, 1980. Well, that, that's one opinion. But, uh, yes, this year has been absolutely atrocious <laughs> for cinema. I mean, yeah, all... We got, we got some, some pretty good movies. We got Underwater. That was pretty good. What, good. what is Kirsten underwater? Superman. What is that? That's the Chris Kirsten Stewart uh, Cthulhu movie. Oh my god! This is oh, no, no, no. Hold on. This yeah. is like the ninth time we've brought this awful movie up that neither one of us have seen. It doesn't feel like it came out this year. We're, we were talking about that on. Uh, yeah. I feel like I've seen that movie a hundred times. 
It's it, it's pointless. All the best movies from this year have been documentaries. They've been saving all all like the awards bait films and the big blockbusters for next year. So really, we've only gotten maybe four or five serviceable films. I'd say that Tommaso, the Abel Ferreira movie with Willem Dafoe, is on that list. I would say that Family Romance LLC, that's the Werner Herzog movie, where you can rent a a loved one, a dad or a mom or something, because, you know, Asia is weird. And you can just go to, like, a funeral, and you're like, ah, damn, I need a husband. I need a husband for my mom's funeral. And just hire some actor to accompany you, you know? That's your your, uh, bloodline, Hans, right? So those were good movies. And I've got Possessor currently at number three. And it's not even necessarily because Possessor, which is a technically impressive movie, I'll, I'll make that argument, I think it's a good movie in general. Would it be number three any other year? No, it'd probably be like number 17, number 18. Where do you rank uh, Sonic the Hedgehog? That wasn't this year. <laughs> yeah, it was this year. What are you talking Birds about? Prey, too. That was the beginning of the year before, before it was started. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. That Birds of Prey movie is not as bad as everybody had painted it to be. I would say that Birds of Prey is actually... I mean, look. Every that's not true at all. No, I thought Aquaman was trash. I bought Aquaman on a, on a 4K Blu-ray because I'm like, all right, this is like a good neutral film. I don't have any sort of uh, bias against it like I did Birds of Prey or, or what have you. I thought that was bad. And I thought Birds of Prey was a pretty decent movie uh, in terms of like cinematography and um, a lot of the choreography of that, that film. Did you see Birds of Prey? Did either of you guys see it? Yeah, no, I thought it, um, I thought it was good for a DC movie. I did to hear that Jared Leto's Joker will be back for started. for the Snyder Cut. So they bring Brandon Routh too, right? Yeah, Brandon Routh. He he think he believes all the Superman. He'll be in that Flash movie. Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween. You're gonna bring up Hubie Halloween on this program, Hans? That I mean, Jack. Did you but like Uncut Gems? Did you did you enjoy Uncut Gems? I did. Yeah, I really enjoyed. Uh, okay. Did it make you go? And think back to Adam Sandler's filmography and be like, oh, well, it's not so bad. Or or at least be more sympathetic to what he's doing with those movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does kind of change it, I guess, because he's because he's he's so good in that in Untouched Gems. But it almost like I, I feel like it's it's just so separate from that. Like, I don't, I don't know that Adam Sandler at all. I never see that him do these roles. So I don't know. Like, I don't. But I don't know why he'd he'd want to do the, the you know that long line of shitty comedies he's done unless I don't know I guess he just likes having fun with his friends and getting paid a lot of money. Unbelievable! So, I knew you yeah, were going to say that. Cool. That does sound fun. Yeah, I can't. I can't. <laughs> you know how I knew you were going to say that? It's because I, uh... you're a Twitter person, Jack. You got all these Twitter friends. You had a fake avatar on the Twitter for a while. What was it? It was in Kermit the Frog. It was something else. Were you a, like a purple hippo or something like that? All the Twitter people have this opinion where it's like, he's having fun with his friends. Let's ease up on the guy. I said that many years ago, but that doesn't excuse all of his crimes against the medium. Yeah, I'm not going to watch his movies, but I don't... You didn't watch Hubie Halloween? I, I'm more offended, I think... No, I didn't see Hubie Halloween. I hate Adam Sandler movies. I hate them. I don't watch any... I don't think... I think maybe I've seen one good Adam Sandler movie in my life that I've enjoyed. Adam Sandler proper, not... 
not, not him acting in somebody else's. <laughs> That's not an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's pretty good in Punch Drunk Love, in uh, even Spanglish. That's not like a big celebrated film, but he's certainly not bad in that. You love that movie. You always bring that up. Isn't that how your that parents met? Is is going to Spanglish movie. at the theater together, and then they oh. fell in love and had you? <laughs> We don't have theaters. Anyway, uh, what was the point being made here, Jack? Were you saying something? Uh, I was saying what there films a... are one and two for you this year. Uh, well, I, I gave number right. one to uh, Family Romance LLC and then Tommaso. I, I referenced those two movies. They're at the top of the list. They're the only like actually good films that would probably be in a top ten if it wasn't the worst year. I don't think that they would be number one and number two, but they're, they're certainly worth viewing. Never heard of them. <laughs> they're they're kind of low key, so uh, you can find them on one two three movies dot com right now if you want to go there. Isn't that the best? I just I love that I can just Google one two three movies and then space the movie name and just watch what the greatest. It's the greatest time to be alive. Today we're going to be talking about uh, the work of Brandon Cronenberg. Had you guys seen his? This is his second movie, I believe. I could be wrong about that. His first movie was called Anti Porno. And that came out, what, like five or six years ago? Did either of you guys see that film? Antiviral. Antiporno. Oh, it, well, no, there's another movie called Antiporno, right? I got him confused. Antiviral was his first film. That's not him. <laughs> what are you, being, oh, yeah, what yeah, are you yeah, trying yeah, to out-snob me right now, Hans? You're trying to big-shot me because I made a mistake? <laughs> yeah, Antiporno. What's Antiporno? I'm going to look for Antiporno. I can't Google it. I can't open my finder. Or if I open my Finder window, this whole stream is going to come to a crashing halt because I have a 2014 device I'm using. I'm sure you've seen Antiporno. It's this Japanese movie that's very colorful about a director that shoots porno and then someone dies. From 2017? I'm sure you've seen it. I haven't seen it. You should write the descriptions. Hans, did you see Antiviral? No. No? I think I might have seen it. it has Doesn't it have the guy from... Uh, from Get Out and Heaven Knows What? The creepy-looking ginger guy? There is a creepy-looking ginger. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, from Get Out. Yeah, I believe I've watched that movie. I think he's pretty good. He's a, yeah, he's actually a very good actor. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but I watched that movie, and I, I don't remember it leaving a lasting impression on me. This movie, Possessor, similarly, I think is mainly uh, pretty good, but I don't think it's you know outstanding. I don't think it le- really leaves... Um, you know, like a lasting memory that is going to make me want to revisit it. I did appreciate a lot of the technical aspects of it and its use of like wax molding to uh, create some of the visual effects. Uh, Jack, what was it about this movie that caught your attention and why you ultimately decided to check it out? The erect penis, first of all. There is a lot of dick in this movie. There's not that much dick in this movie. It's like... If there's one full... Full dick, one full dick in this movie. That's a lot of dick. And there's more than that. There's maybe about a dick and a half that's showcased between, again, just like a random medium shot. That's all there is. That, yes, that's all there is, is one shot of a hard penis. And then the actor from Girls, I forget his name, showing uh, some, some penis cleavage where he's pulling his pants down strategically like Mark Wahlberg to show the stem. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, that was a cool scene. What's wrong with that? Why, why don't you like dick in movies? Do you watch like? Do you only watch like lesbian porn? I don't watch porn. That's filth. That's vulgar stuff. 
I would watch, uh, you know, like a Debbie Does Dallas for like a special episode of this show. But even that, I, you know, I couldn't palate having to you sit down like for it. I didn't say that either. I just said there was a lot of penis in this movie. You're acting very defensive now, Jack. What, are you going to come out on this show? Do you like nudity in films or not? I'm indifferent to it. If it services the plot. <laughs> Hans, what do you... What, you did you it services uh, the plot here? Yeah. No, it certainly doesn't. No, it's I, very gratuitous. Wait, though, because like I actually do... Well, actually, do like dick in movies for two reasons. Uh, one, it turns me on. And two... Uh, when you see an erect penis in a movie, and it's and and we see that halfway through the movie, an erect penis, you know that they'll show anything. Are we doing spoilers? Just get into the movie. Okay, so so when you see an erect penis in a movie, you know you're going to see shit that you wouldn't see in an ordinary movie. It's a good sign. So you might see something like a kid's head getting blown off. Or something like that. So I knew, you know, it kind of like takes the takes the gloves off. I, feel like. it's good. I think you get a point there. Um, but you could just, you know, show a kid getting shot in the head anyway without showing an actor's hard cock. I love how you're like, look, the kid getting his head blown off is fine, but not this penis on a person. I don't believe that was his dick anyway. Penis that they showed in a very for a very Mediterranean man. Very, I looked into it today, and I was actually. Do you also have an issue with the very red vagina they showed? I don't remember any vagina. I just remember I'm haunted by that dick that in they that showed. That same scene. I don't in that know. Same scene. She was behind him. You know what I? Well, you know what happened? You know what happened? I saw the penis and I went ah! I must have missed the rest of the scene. I was too mortified. By the way, I don't know what it is. I'd say that actress, um, the the one who played Ava Thomas Middleton, I think her name is. Mm-hmm. She's like she's probably in my top like ten. Of like actress, like you know, you know, she's in like my top ten. Are you talking about the woman from Mandy? Yeah, and it, Mandy. Is that what, which one's Mandy? Is that the Nick Cage? Mandy was uh, Panos Cosmatos. Yeah, that that was a uh, that was a Nicolas Cage film from 2018. I don't know. I don't think that woman's very pretty at all. She's very uh, handsome. You know, if it was like 1936, you'd call that. You'd be like, that's a handsome woman. That's Look, a I don't know what it is, man. There's something about her. I don't know what it is. Well, to each their own. You know, even Hans has a loved one, so a significant other. A loved one? <laughs> Hans. That's a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> Hans cares about one person. <laughs> oh, Hans, what did you think yeah, of this movie? Yeah, she's very Tilda Swinton-ish. Yes. Where she, where she can just, you know, switch and and look I like... say that! That's right, yeah. Look, look kind of shitty, but interesting. She's like ugly, but like the interesting kind of ugly where she's got those bug eyes, but you kind of want to hear more from her, even though she doesn't really say that much. Right. She's kind of boring when she does. She definitely Um, has a Tilda Swinton vibe to her, especially in this movie where, you know, she's looking sweaty. She's looking rough, very masculine compared to normal. It's it's an interesting character and it's an interesting film. And I, I like how they play with the dynamic of not letting you know who's really in control of... I guess what we would consider our protagonist's body um, in the second and third pieces of the film where things are really being brought to a head. Hans, you've watched this movie now two times. What was your initial opinion of yeah. the film when you watched it upon its release many months ago and when you just rewatched it today? Uh, it didn't really change my original opinion, which is just uh, it's very visually interesting. I really like the way it's shot. 
I liked what they did with the in-betweens when, you know, we didn't know who was in control and that whole scene when they split uh, or when her face gets smashed or it turns into a mask or whatever. But I I was still left wishing that they got a little bit more into what they were doing because um, I feel like that would have been really interesting just to see why they do that or like why they they get people to get into other people's conscience and get them to murder pretty much. Uh, I, I I wish they would have spent a little bit more time on that because uh, they they barely showed it. Like we saw the machine and we saw a couple of people that worked there, but I kind of wanted them to I don't know go and, and maybe explain a little bit as to who they are or why they're doing this. Uh, and uh, they just left that wide open. But don't you think there's a lot of explaining in general in in these modern horror films where they explain every aspect to death and it kind of ruins any sort of mystique about elements of that movie. Yeah, but there's also a lack of that, though, because we we see her get into two different people, right? Uh, but we don't really know anything about her. We don't need to know anything about her because we, we see her relationship with her real family. But the fact that she's all fucked up because of this thing she does where she can't, she doesn't even know how to interact with her family anymore. I kind of wish I knew a little bit more as to why she's doing all of this to begin with, because I'm sure that she wasn't this fucked up when she begun. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, I wish there was just a little bit more, just just so that there's a reason for her to do this. Uh, when uh, at the end they they pretty much just said uh, that uh, she doesn't care anymore, or the little bit of care that she had at the beginning with the little butterfly, it's gone. Uh, but I, I was still left waiting, or, or expecting a little bit of an explanation as to why she even started doing this or why they do this, this thing. I, uh, so yeah, no, I kind of agree just because there's certain, there's like little moments where I agree. Like when she's got the gun in her mouth the first time and then she takes it away. Like I didn't, I don't know if she's ever been able to pull the trigger. They don't really, right. I mean, they kind they kind of allude to it in the, in, in the next scene, but at the same time, I think I kind of agree with you Rez, And that's the, I think the the strength of the movie is in its visual storytelling, the visual, you know, which yeah. is, again, like you said, kind of absent from horror movies. And I think they did such a good job with that. I think he, it was very Cronenberg-y, it felt like, mm-hmm. the the dysmorphia scenes and the where they're fighting over the body scenes. It's very, it was a great use of visual storytelling in it. And I think the way they, um, Again, like you said, the use of the limited use of special effects. It was all really, I thought it was really smart, like those scenes. I thought it was, he was able to tell stories without any exposition or real dialogue a lot of the time. I thought it was really brilliant. If you really think about it, there's not much of an interaction from anyone. Just there's this, the guy from Girls, whose name I don't know either, but he's mostly shocked throughout the whole movie. So he doesn't really have many lines. I wonder how long that script is and just dialogue because there's not really much of anything everything is visual which is like jack said like one of the strengths definitely yeah i was gonna ask what did you guys think of his style as a filmmaker in comparison to his father i just watched dead ringers today that jeremy have you guys seen dead ringers the jeremy irons movie where he's a he's a doctor and he's got a twin and it's very bizarre it's kind of kind of 
bookmarks you know, I, I, his I body horror period. I, I read, yeah, I, I've read that, and it's very. It's I read I read the um, the Wikipedia plot summary for that movie, the whole thing, and that's the same as watching it. So you know everything. It's the same as watching it. But yeah, I was reading it. I was like, what the fuck? This is so strange. Such a weird. It's so it's so weird. Like they're twins and they're like dentists or some shit and they're doing breast implants. I don't, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a very peculiar film, but I mean, all of Cronenberg's movies, especially throughout the eighties, are are very uh, insane. Okay. What is your favorite? I I mean, don't you you own a couple of Cronenberg movie shirts, don't you, Hans? You have a big collection of horror movie shirts. What are you wearing today? What is no. that? No, this is a band. The Legend of Hell House. Let's see it, Hans. Yes. <laughs> Legend of Hell House? What is that even? It's his legend. Ah. Stop trying to mock me while you look like fucking April O'Neil. <laughs> yellow hey. jacket you're wearing. Yellow jacket. This is, this is a hoodie, Hans. This is a green hoodie. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It's gone. You're mistaken. Anyway, <laughs> I think Videodromes is best. How about that? What do you guys think is David yeah. Cronenberg's best movie? I don't know about best, but that's, that's the one that I've... I just saw it. Uh, like three weeks ago, and actually, it reminded me a lot of this movie in a way. It's just like just probably just because the the clandestine nature of it, and also the the body horror possession aspects of it. What I liked about it was that I mean, they they really highlighted that melting face on the poster. That's been the stark visual image that they've put on everything, and then you see it in the movie. And it doesn't look as cool. It doesn't look as impressive at all. It kind of just looks like a Halloween mask. Made me feel like... When it's moving. Yeah, yeah, when he's walking around with it. And it's just like, it's clearly silicone. It made me feel like I was watching a movie from the 80s or something. Where you have like a really cool cover at the video store. And that gets you to rent the movie. And then you put the movie on. And what you're seeing is not the same thing. Or not exactly what you were hoping for. That happened to me with uh, It from the 80s. Uh, I just remember seeing the cover and it's just a scary clown. So I thought it was going to be scary. And then it was just a, a soap with really bad actors or really bad performances that just fucking boring. And then they punched the spider to death while wearing khakis. Uh, so I was, I was very disappointed when I don't know, like 13 or 14 thinking I was going to get scared. And do you guys have like a uh, horror movie covers from like the nineties when you were young? Um, that you like remember because they kind of scared you a little bit just seeing them in the video store. Uh, you you can start with that May. one. May. Have you guys seen May? That's from like 2008. Yeah. No. It is, yeah. That's when I was a child. <laughs> a child in 2008? You were like 25 years old. <laughs> yeah, that's that's young in today's standards, right? You're At still technically, uh, uh, you know, an infant, in, you know, till the age of 10. You're a teenager nowadays until you're about 25. So uh, you'd still be considered a young adult. I know. What's wrong with May? What's up with the May cover? No, no, no. I just, that's one of the the few ones that just stuck in my head. And I remember renting it. And that was another disappointment too, because, uh, have you seen it? No. It's about about this skinny, weird, gothic girl that likes to kill people. And she falls in love with this. terrible cover. Yeah, it's terrible. That that's why it sticks in my head. It's like the only one I could think of. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's, I meant like yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah. No, not scared. Uh, but it, it's really bad. It's it's like a cult movie now, but it's just not 
not what I was looking for at the time, and I'm sure it hasn't aged well. But I have more of an issue with you saying that this uh, Videodrome is the best Cronenberg movie. You have The Fly. The Fly is very good. I don't know if it's better than Videodrome, though. What about Easter Promises? I haven't seen that since probably it came out, so I wouldn't be able to say for certain. Scanner, no scanners. Oh boy, I was about to say scanners. Yeah, I just saw that movie also, um, like a month ago. Scanners feels a lot like Videodrome to me, but not as well done, not as, I guess, professionally pieced together. Like it feels like he really comes into his own style with Videodrome. Scanners is kind of like the layup to that, and then everything that follows feels like a masterwork to me, and that includes The Fly and um, Dead Ringers. So, Did you like History of Violence? Yeah, I thought A History of Violence was very good. Everything that he has done since doing those movies with Vigo, though, have kind of been just boring and, and whatever. Like Maps of the Stars wasn't very good. Uh, Cosmopolis, Cosmopolis. Not, not a good one, really. He hit that point in his career where it's just a bunch of you know C-grade films. They're not necessarily bad because he's a very competent director, but they're also not interesting at all. But if if you compare that to the other directors we've talked about, though, like what the Palma and what were the what were the other one that just for the last five movies it's just been you know a cash grab like a Russian production or whatever, just yeah, guns and someone that's kind of known and, and that's it. I'm, um, no, if you're going to compare, well, here Coppola, I, look, right? Coppola, yeah, Coppola also went off to Europe. I, I believe he went to Italy as well. I mean, him, Abel Ferreira, Brian De Palma, they all go over to Europe to get their movies made uh, after a certain point in their careers. If you're going to compare David Cronenberg to any oh, of these guys, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cronenberg absolutely has a more consistent track record, but he's not, you know, hitting home runs like De Palma's hitting home right. runs. He's not doing the same as, like, Francis Ford Coppola and company. So, uh I mean, consistent B films with like a slouch, a slight slouch to C plus, yeah, that would be Cronenberg. Whereas De Palma or Coppola or Abel Ferreira is going A to F. What about comparing him to Carpenter then? No, Carpenter is completely worthless now. Carpenter's awful now. Carpenter should have just, well, I won't say, because we're on Twitch and I have to be a nicer version of myself right. so we don't get kicked off. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of... He should just stick to music. Stick to music. That's what that's sure. what meant, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Jack, what do you think of John Carpenter's trajectory after, say, like 1990? Are you a big John Carpenter guy? Well, I think The Thing is one of the best horror movies of all time. But, like, I honestly don't spend a lot of time... I mean, I don't I don't know. What, what are even his movies after the 90s? What was it? Memoirs of an Invisible Man with Chevy Chase? That was a big favorite of yours, Hans? We watched all... all I mean, I didn't watch all of them. Hans watched all of them. I watched almost all of them. For a retrospective we did uh, months ago on John Carpenter, and it's really ugly. I mean, he did a vampire movie with James Woods, and that's probably like the last fun movie he did. Well, you got uh, In the Mouth of Madness in '95. Sam Neill, yeah. Uh, and then you have like Escape from Escape from LA. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, and yeah, vampires and ghosts, ghosts of Mars, which is another. Village really of bad. the Damned, that was 1995. Christopher Reeve before he becomes crippled. Um, yeah. So I'm... Uh, I, like the dead, I actually really like The Dead Zone. 
Uh, yeah, no, Dead Zone was very good. Cronenberg. That's Cronenberg, yeah. That was uh, very well done and certainly better than that awful USA series with Anthony Michael Hall, which that was for, for a good long while. That was the only uh, 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 like visual adaptation of the Dead Zone I was acquainted with. So that's not interesting at all, Jack. You don't have to be polite on this show. I was fascinated there. That ran for. Why don't we just talk about that show? How about that? Have you guys seen any of the Dead Zone on USA? I didn't know that was the show. That's what Possessor reminds me of: is the Dead Zone on USA. A lot of similarities between these two. Holy shit! It's 2002. I didn't know it was so recent. Six seasons. I don't even think it really came to a proper end in line with the novel. I don't think he stops the president or the the guy running for president. Hey, you know what reminds me of the dead zone? Real life. How about that? You ever think about that? How the dead zone is like real life? I've never seen it. No? Okay. It's it's about a, a, a crazy evil man running for president and uh, Christopher Walken has to shoot him or something. Ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to be like Chapo Trap House now. What what you guys think of the, uh, the other performances other than Jon Snow and the Tilda Swinton girl. I mean, Jennifer Jason Lee was fine. Everybody was everybody was pretty decent in this oh, movie, but it di- didn't really it did not really require. Fuck is this lion lady? I couldn't recognize her fucking mouth. <laughs> it's just like, right, her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. She's, what? One at a time, boys. Jack. There's a, there's a bit of a delay, so I, it's awkward. <laughs> I, I, I like how I said Jack, and you immediately piped up, Hans. Yeah, it is. I mean, listen, I just play, played uh, what we've streamed. We're live on Twitch right now, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify. You can catch live episodes at twitch.tv slash Wonderbread. What I have noticed is that you guys are crackly. I want to try and see if I can fix that. But for now, uh, just to get back to the question that jack had posed i don't know if it really required the actors to emote that much so it's kind of hard to tell who gave a great performance or who gave a good I don't performance think it required the tilda swinton girl that it didn't require that much of her either just to a very broad degree but she was fantastic i gotta say she was really good for what the role required yeah I, i'll i'll agree with you there and i mean she had probably the most to bite off out of any of the actors in this film, save for uh, the the who becomes the lead character. But again, I, I don't I don't know if it really left much for the surrounding actors to soak up any part of their character at all. I'll tell you what, that one dude who shows up, like the repairman character, who's his buddy, reminds me a lot of the guy from Videodrome who works on James Woods and, and tries to disconnect him from the the program. I don't know if that was intentional or not. Kind of an homage to Brandon Cronenberg's father. What do you think of Sean Bean acting drunkish? He, I mean, he was all right, I guess. He was just playing an asshole. <laughs> what kind of range do you need for that? That's, that's where he excels, yeah. Yeah. He was great. I mean, again, I, the role didn't require that much, right? But it was good. And the pra- There's a lot of eye acting, I think. I, yeah. The performances were very much eye. That's not, not a lot of dialogue, just a lot of reacting. It was... Um, you know, I, th- that's another piece of the movie where it's very impressive what they managed to do with the practical effects, where he's just going to town on Sean Bean's face. 
with that, what was it, a fire poker or a crowbar or something? He's just taking his eye out, and then he lives. I thought that was very funny. It's just like, oh, yeah, he lived. Oh. <laughs> oh. He pokes an eye out and it's a couple of teeth. Uh, that's that's one of the things, that, or the reasons why I wanted to know more about her, because she could have killed all of them with the gun. That was the original plan, right? But yeah. she decided to just make it brutal. Uh, so that that's one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to know why it's been happening to her that she escalates everything to so that she's able to murder them uh, in a more ruthless way instead of just shooting them with a gun, which she could have done from the beginning and just get in and out. But wasn't that because like the the original host of the body both times was sort of to some degree still in control, and and they both disliked the people that they were supposed to kill in the first place. So the brutality would make sense. To that point, well, I mean, that's one of the the things that I like the most. How and Jack has a really good point about the penis uh, because once you see, a of penis, course he does, Hans. Of course you would agree with that. <laughs> once you see a penis, you can expect them to take them further than a regular movie would, and this one does with the violence. It's very graphic and it's very on your face, uh, even when when you're not expecting it, like with the poker. Very on your face. Was that a Freudian yeah. slip, Hans? Uh, I'm not talking about the penis anymore. Uh, but uh, that was one of the strongest parts, how ruthless they were and how much they showed a violence. Of that penis. Easily just cut away. Cut? How about, how, about, how about this movie was, was called Possessor very... Uncut, and that guy was clearly circumcised? He was, was he? I don't know. I I'm, pretty, I'm pretty annoyed that they used the prosthetic. I mean, come on. Was it was it fake? It was there was no body double. It was fake. I looked it up. No, I was pissed off. Ah, well, that that makes a lot of sense. Really, I think they had, they had the the Tilda Swinton woman. What's her name? Andrea Riseboe. Middleton. <laughs> Andrea Riseboe. She was, was. They like put it on her. Apparently, I looked into this. It like it like it was a prosthetic makeup thing. Well, that fits with the the rest of the theme of the film. I I, I suppose. What I really liked, though, just to rewind again, again, Sean Bean getting his face destroyed, and then we see him in a wheelchair outside the hospital, and he looks just fine, like they only threw an eye patch on him. Yeah, just a little bit of a scar. They could have done a whole, you know, what's his name, Virgil something from Hannibal, that Gary Old, Mason Verger. They could have made him look like Mason Verger, and it would have been great, but I guess that would have been too confusing for people. He probably should have looked like Yeah, they... That was a horrific scene. He destroyed his face, and then he looks fine in the next scene. He looks like a Hollywood star. What are we looking up, Hans? I'm looking at the at the penis. It's <laughs> fake. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it looked really it's pretty weird. good. I thought it was. Uh, right See the right. vagina in the background too. Oh, yeah. Let me show you. Hold on. <laughs> no one will be able to see it. Just uh, just post it in the Discord. Yeah, don't don't get us kicked off. Let me take a look at this. Um, no, uh, yeah. So, uh, what, what, what was your next question for for me? I don't know. Uh, this movie's good, huh? I liked it. What would you give it out of five? <laughs> out of out of five? That's kind of rigid, huh? How about we do ten? How about we out of ten? Let's say uh, it's. Well, a... you can do like you can... idiot. You can do like four and a half stars. That is out of ten. But that doesn't feel right. For I mean, I would give something like uh, 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 young Mister Lincoln would probably get four and a half stars. John Ford, and that's that's not on the same tier as this. 
I would say I would say it's what the fuck is that? It, it's a film from nineteen thirty something. Anyway, I would give this movie probably about seven point five. 7.5 out of 10, which is probably equivalent to about a 3.5 out of 5, if you're going to be a stickler about it. How many fractions do you need? Just I'm just answering your question here to properly, to accurately represent my feelings on this film in a number. That's all I'm doing. All right. Okay, I will give it a 9 out of 10. This movie might be an oasis in a really shitty area, right? So it might just be that playing tricks on me, but I really liked it more than most shit I've seen recently. That's a lot by a lot, yeah. What else have you seen this year? I don't fucking know. I'm so disenchanted by movies right now that I'm just, I barely watch anything. Have you been taking a dive into, like, older films as a result of the lockdowns? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I like I watched, like, five Cronenberg movies this year. And I watched, yeah, I've been watching a lot of older movies. Not older, older, but, like, I, feel, I, I don't go too far back. I, it's far Did you watch any D.W. Griffith? Did you watch D.W. Griffith's Intolerance? No. No? Oh, that's... What's the cutoff? I can't, I can't watch anything uh, when they talk, like, in the 50s. <laughs> I, can't, I can't take that shit seriously. Whenever they try to do something dramatic and they just sound like that, it's, uh, they lose me immediately. Yeah. So Hitchcock and Forward, I guess. Even some of Hitchcock movies, are, they, they talk like that, and it's really uncomfortable. It's a transatlantic ac- accent, which... Uh, does not really exist anymore. Thankfully, it's really that's because I mean, up until like maybe nineteen mid nineteen fifties, everybody had it in their heads that they had to also act like how they would if they were on stage in the theater, right? Performing in a play, so everybody is extremely dramatic and deliberately artificial. And then around that time, you have some actors that are trying to make it more realistic. Brando, right? Probably. Yeah, Brando's Brando's the most obvious name that comes up in that conversation. But somebody like Timothy Carey does that. I don't even know who that is. He's he's an actor that was in Pounds of Glory and The Killing. And he's one of the first, what I would consider like, I mean, there's not really a good term for it, but just modernist as far as his performance goes. He feels like a real person in the film, as opposed to a number of the stars, which are still, again, acting in that very dated fashion does it stick out a lot when you see someone that's normal and then yeah the rest of them just yeah talk and act like that what is that called i'm gonna look that up it sounds interesting it, it absolutely is noted i mean in paths of glory you have kirk douglas who is a classic old hollywood actor but he's still on he's like balancing that that line between you know hamming it up and also giving a realistic performance in something like the killing where I couldn't even name to you the stars of that movie, but they're all like 1940s actors, and they feel like 1940s actors. And then you see Timothy Carey doing something different, talking to people in a very naturalistic manner. It absolutely sticks out. That happens in Streetcar Named Desire, actually, if you've seen that movie. The um, the person who plays Stella is very... Um, or not Stella, the other one. I don't know. Like, she's very, like like Hans was describing, like very... Oh yes, and theater yeah. mm-hmm. like like '40s theater acting, and he's just like acting like, a, and Brando's acting like a real person, and it's very odd to see them next to each other. It, it, it's just it's very Flintstone, you know. I can't. Yeah, it just takes me back to like those old cartoons. I can't take any of that shit seriously. It's very Flintstoney, but, huh? 
That's an. What do you, yeah. well, what do you mean what, by that? I didn't just Rock not. Hudson? A, Rock Hudson. Isn't it Rod, Rock Hudson that's in it that talks like that? It always goes back to that. Rock Hudson. My fan, the adulation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Rock Hudson. Yeah. yeah, that man was gay. Yeah, he's gay in everything. He's always gay, Rock Hudson, except when he's a married man, you know. No, uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm so curious back then, because you'll watch like things like Johnny Carson, where, uh, certainly not, how dare you, Jack, um, where you'll watch like Liberace on Johnny Carson, and everybody has to play along with clearly gay man yeah. uh, being straight. Yeah, it makes yeah, me yeah. wonder if people back then actually like knew and just didn't like say anything or uh, suppressed it or, no, no you don't think so? You think no, they were just totally like, clueless? It's like, yeah, they're like, oh, you're, 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 you're single? It's like, they don't, they don't they're just fucking each other in Hollywood. I don't believe that. I don't think those man's mans were not fucking other men, too. No. That's just a secret. So they all the just... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sammy Davis Jr., how do you think he got in? Sex cults and rape cults in Hollywood since the dawn of time. But I feel like the people watching at home, watching The Tonight Show or whatever the fuck, yeah, you're probably correct about that. I, th- I think Hollywood has always been its own apparatus with its own different set of rules and uh, social cues and taboos. Like the Catholic Church. Like the Catholic Church. Also notoriously gay, the Catholic Church. So uh, this Possessor film, I'm excited to see what Brandon Cronenberg has in store for his upcoming films. It seems like, again... His first movie, Antiviral, did not leave much of an impression on me. I did like this one. I don't know if I love this one or if I'll rewatch it. I think what you said, Jack, uh, was correct in that this movie is just shining above the rest of this year very easily. And uh, it makes it look like a better film by comparison than it may actually be. But I think I, he's kind of doing something like a, a bit of a Joe Hill thing where... You know, Stephen King has all these different sons. He's got uh, Owen King. He's got, uh, I don't know, he's got other other kids too that aren't as famous. But Joe Hill seems the most talented of his sons. And gradually in his career, like he starts off doing one thing and then evolves into doing something extremely similar to his father. I could see that happening with Brandon Cronenberg. It certainly seems to be uh, heading in that direction with this film anyway. Power to him. I would, we need more Cronenberg movies that are good. So, you know, let's go. I'll take that once once every couple of years. As opposed to, uh, again, Cosmopolis and Maps of the Stars, I'll, I'll gladly take a, a body horror film from his son. Mulan. Did you watch Mulan? I did watch Mulan. Oh, that's terrible. You have Disney Plus, don't you? I have Disney Plus. This is awful. Well, it is awful. I think that's the end Wait, of our show. Let me take you back a little bit to Joe Hill. Okay. What's the great thing he's done? Like, what has he written? Nosferatu? No, 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 no. no. Hold on. Don't, don't, don't misconstrue my words here. I said that he's heading in a similar trajectory to his father in terms of the creativity that he's outputting. Yes. <laughs> Shitty movies based on things he wrote. I can't wait for his rendition of, you know, the cars come alive and start killing people. It's going to be a rabid cat, you know? I hope he hits that point in his career soon. You like Maximum Overdrive? No, that I saw it and I and I, it was really, really 
you know, not as bad as you would think describing it to a person, but it, it wasn't good. It's a it's a fun, stupid movie. It's a fun, stupid horror movie from the eighties. Yeah. Certainly better than the uh, the made for cable adaptation from the nineties that was called Trucks. I remember that one too. No, it's not better than Christine though. That's the one killer car movie that. I yeah. But that also has John Carpenter behind it. Stephen King wasn't directing that himself in like a, in, in the middle of a coke binge where he's never directed anything before and suddenly he has Emilio Estevez and millions of dollars to do this movie. He needs to go back to doing drugs though. I, just so that he's He's 80 years old. Doing interesting shit again. Who cares? Exactly. What does he have to lose? He's got money. Get off Twitter. Start doing yeah. drugs again. And fucking put out some crazy shit because it's been a while anything else that we can say really about this film possessor uh there's actually a lot of really good lighting uh in the scene where there's an erect penis i'm trying to share this thing but uh discord won't let me share the penis it says there's an error every time i'm (laughs) censoring me my penis sharing It's very pale. It's fine. I don't need to see it. I've seen. I've seen it. <laughs> there's this series. Speaking of killer cars, there's this series that's based on a Stephen King thing called Mister Mercedes. Have you heard of that? I have heard of that. I read the first novel in that. There, there, I think it's like a trilogy, and it's not part of his main timeline. It's kind of like a, a series of mystery novels. Is that good? I, I have it in my uh, Audacity or Audible. I thought it was all right. I mean, look, modern Stephen King is its own thing where he's always going to deliver a certain standard of quality. I mean, minus that one that was about uh, the small town lesbians. Or, or, or No, 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 no. I like that. I thought that was actually very good. But he did some book. He So he did The Outsider, which is actually kind of part of that Mr. Mercedes thing, and they did an HBO show on that, which was good for the first two episodes and then immediately falls off once Jason Bateman's no longer involved. And he did a mo- uh, oh, he, yeah. excuse yeah. me, he did a he did a book immediately following that as his response to the Trump era and it was about some uh, a magical lesbian couple in a small town facing discrimination and I I did not read that. I listened to it on audiobook <laughs> while I was in Japan and Boy, howdy, that was a piece of shit. That was trash. That was horrible. You just love getting pissed off. You just love getting... You knew you were going to hate that. No. I... (laughs) Well, look, I mean, listen. What I heard in the press... Okay, listen, listen. Yes and no. I'll I'll say that. I'll half agree with you. Elevation? It is, yes. It's Elevation. Elevation was the name of the novel. Here's the thing. In the press... When Dave Chappelle will go on SNL and do like a monologue, they'll go, Dave Chappelle really stuck it to white people. He really hit home with the Trump supporters. And they're like setting it up. They're trying to they're trying to use him as a mouthpiece for whatever they want to say at that paper, right? But then you watch it and it's like, all right, this isn't as bad as what I was anticipating. That's what I expected with this Stephen King novel. I was like, all right, they're saying it's one thing, but I know Stephen. He's gonna he's gonna deliver a fine book. And it, no, the the reviews were correct. That's exactly what it was. It was so hokey, and uh, it was a message book. It was like, hey, don't don't be a bigot. Don't discriminate. Everybody's got it rough. Well, you got you got Twitter, Stephen. That's the problem. Yeah, 
That's who he's transformed himself like into now. That's why he's not he's not really interesting anymore. It's just a rich man complaining about things that don't affect him at all. It is so, that does bother me. It is, does bother me to see Dan Rather saying, dude, it bothers me. Dude, you lost. Like, actually, sir. Yeah. What, Stephen King, what needs to happen to Stephen King is he needs to round that corner that J.K. Rowling rounded, where he just steps on the wrong piece of land and finds himself <laughs> lost. And he's like, no, 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 I'm one of you guys. There's my Biden sign on the lawn. I'm with you guys. Leave me alone. Be peaceful. No, no, no. I, I, I love faggots. Wait, fuck. <laughs> ah. Yeah, something like that where he just fucks up. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. And then it, he's going he's gonna to reach that point where he can't, you know, start walking it back. And he's just going to march forward. I don't know what that thing would be. But, you know, it could be interesting. I think we would get his uh, creative integrity back oh. at least. Old. He's 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 got to be like seventy nine, seventy eight. Hans, you're the fact checker on this show. Seventy three. He's seventy three, and he looks like that. He's he's younger than Biden. He's a lot of drugs. Yeah, yeah. That's what you got to get fat when you get old. Otherwise, you look like a freak. You look like a weird weird person. You wouldn't want to stand next to. You know, that's the thing. Biden has to get fat. If Biden gets fat, I think everybody will feel better. <laughs> that would be cool. I would like to have. I always like to have a fat president. We have a fat president. When was that? What? Oh, yeah, I like true. when our president's fat. We haven't had a, Trump is our first fat president since. Do you consider? Well, hold on. Nixon was (laughs) Nixon was not fat. He was just kind of like I I would say, like schlubby at most. I mean, what what about uh, Teddy Roosevelt? Was kind of fat. Yeah, he was portly, but he was also athletic. Right. Kind of, you know. Yeah, he had that mixed body where he had muscles. You know, he was doing karate and and stuff. Yeah, football player from the '80s, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think of it's fat. That's true. It would be great though to see to see a, a someone skinny get into a presidency and they just get really fat while president. He just gains a shitload of weight. A lot of stress eating. He goes uh instead of uh, their hair. Christy, <laughs> he gets yes, to that size of just Chris Christie and his fupa. That would be wonderful. I never thought of Trump as fat. I mean, I. A little. I thought of him as like overweight, and I know technically he's in the obese category, but I don't. I don't know. I never see him like wearing like a t-shirt. With that's why, it's because that that suit, suit. So I don't think of him as like you know being. The suit covers it up, but then remember that photo of him playing tennis in those tight white shorts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Or him, you know, you know, filling his his car tank in a pink polo or so, where it's just wrapping around his stuff. I was just watching Moonbase Eight. And Tim Heidecker's body is very embarrassing, very doughy, and he has the nerve to tuck his shirt in on that program, on that, on that similar note. Fat guys should not be tucking their shirt in. I'll say that right now. What is, is that moon, is that the, the show that I sent you like last week that you were disgusted by and now you're watching it? I don't think I was, dis- you're being dramatic now, Hans. I was not disgusted What's by it. Tim I like Heidecker and, and Fred Armisen, What's his name? John C. Riley. It's a funny show. It's actually good. Yeah. It's good. It is. Look, I don't have, I, I cannot palate Tim Heidecker the man, but Tim Heidecker as a comedian is still worthwhile. Right. 
You don't seem convinced. Sure. Oh, it's because he's I, been I, blocked. Like I, I like, I like. No, no, I, I've always liked Tim and Eric, but I always thought the big fat one was funnier, just because he was big and fat, and so he looked funnier in clothes. Are you sure you you Tim? I, Eric's I, not really fat though. He's just a big guy. He's a big. You thinking like? Are you thinking of Laurel and Hardy right now? No, no, no. I'm just thinking of fucking weird teardrop shape. You know, it adds to the let's make fun of retards in our TV show comedy part of it. Yeah. It's, fun, it's, it's, funny, it's funny to say he's funnier because he's fat. And that's he's yeah. funnier. He has to be. It's the logical progression. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get. I mean, I guess so. I don't know if I would say he's teardrop shaped, though. I don't think he's known for his thick thighs. This is lower belly. <laughs> yeah. Badass. I don't know. If anything, if, if anything, that's Tim Heidecker because Tim Heidecker's face doesn't get like a, a fat. It's just his his gut and that whole region. All right. I can see you don't have any investment in this <laughs> argument anymore. <laughs> no, not at all. I don't give a shit at all. You, yeah. That's, Tim Heidecker's fat. Sure. <laughs> Jack, what, what do you, you what do you what do you like for comedy these days? Uh, sometimes I'll sometimes I'll, I'll um, shove my wife into a bush or something. That's it. That's always a good gag. Is domestic abuse is hurting your wife for your own <laughs> for your it's, own it's, laughter? It's, it's very light. I can't wait till they use this switch. Somebody can clip this right now. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't know. Um, comedy wise, I don't know. I don't watch. I I haven't seen a good stand up in a long time. Here's a better question. Uh, Here's here's a better question. In my opinion, is where do you see comedy going? Um, again, not not to get political here. We don't know the results officially just yet. But uh, let's assume that. You know, the obvious result is met, and all of a sudden, ABC, NBC, Comedy Central, et cetera, et cetera, no longer have their prime subject matter to rely on. Where do you see entertainment and comedy going as far as that goes? They're still going to use him, I think. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it'll be less so we can get back to where it was before he came along, because he really killed comedy when he came in. But before him, didn't the comedians do the same thing, but with Bush? Like, they dragged Bush way longer than after he was gone. Yeah, but not with the same kind of ferocity. That's the thing, is when they were doing bad Bush parodies, like That's My Bush and our... our, Wait, no, that was actually Trump. Um, Shit. Uh, I don't know. When they were doing... when You know, Comedy Central did all their animated shows and their live action shows that were Bush, but it never seriously overwhelmed everything, uh, 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 sensory wise, like you know the past four years have. That's because now you have people getting famous on Twitter and getting a following and getting deals because they dunk on him or whatever. You know, they just do the 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 joke you expect from them and have we're dunking on Trump. So they get a following. They get, they didn't have a, that girl get a, a Netflix special where she just like mouth Trump speeches and she's like doing other things. And that's funny. Sarah, something. 
I I, I think I yeah I, yeah 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 and that's you watch that for two minutes and you're like all right great but it's a it's spent it like a full length special it's the least funny thing I've ever seen in my life it's like a black hole an antimatter of comedy it's so bad it's like I don't even know what to do with it you know it's just people mouthing and then act doing different things that what they're saying and cool it's it's just and again uh twitter wasn't around i'm sure that if people were getting famous off you know making fun of him back in bush days he would have been the same thing but now with you know twitter and now saying anything gets you accolades like it's brave uh it's it's more of a you see it more widespread i guess because everyone wants to put out the new show that dunks on trump because that's funny you know, Alec, Alec, didn't Alec Baldwin stand with a, a sign that says you're welcome or something when, yeah. he, when Trump was announced as losing? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just. Ugh. Oh, I don't think SNL is just going to start being funny now. No, I, I think this is the end of all these things, actually, because they, they have the compulsory consumer that will tune in because that's become a fundamental part of their personality to be rebellious to uh, the president. And once that's gone, I don't think anyone starts coming back because they've locked themselves into a certain standard of what is acceptable for entertainment. So, yes, we have this, think- we have this element that has overwhelmed everything, but along with that is all the, uh, well, you can't say this, you can't say that, you might offend X party, Y party. I don't think, uh, I don't think these are going to be around for too much longer. I think it's either going to go back to shows like the Big Bang Theory that are really based on or to a specific group of people that enjoy that type of comedy, or they're going to start bringing back people from the past. So they would do a season of Friends again or, you know, get another show like they did with Roseanne with someone that's not as... uh, a mess as Roseanne so that they don't end up firing them. But something like that, where it's just a recognizable face, someone that, Hey, we used to watch. So they get that nostalgia kick and it's also safe. Just like they did with that full house thing. Uh, because I, I because at least, I mean, on the mainstream, you're not going to see the type of, I'm, I'm surprised that uh, Danny McBride still has a platform to put out the type of comedy that he puts out. Don't, don't, yeah, don't jinx him. Yeah, it's only a matter of time before they dig up old Eastbound and Down episodes. We have uh, uh, Steve Little dressed as a geisha and Will Ferrell doing like a Southern yeah. master caricature and, and calling the black maid Mammy and stuff. Once that happens, HBO is going to scrub that of the platform. Like on, a, on Adult Swim, they just recently, quietly, did not make a press release or anything about this next uh, world peace and minor team from, I think, HBO Max and also their website. Certain things, certain comedy programs also, that do not meet their current they, standards of morality. They did it ban a couple of Boondocks episodes too? Yes. Well, HBO Max did that. HBO Max decided to make a big uh, statement about Boondocks and, and Aqua Teens, so... Aquatine got the two. God damn. There's yeah. a, I think so there's an episode. Going... There's an episode called. I think this is the episode that they nixed called "Shake Like Me," 
And it's Master Shake is like a black stereotype, basically. He's got an afro and big lips, oh, and yeah, he's got yeah, a chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> isn't that in the context of the Boondocks? Isn't, isn't that, doesn't that make sense? Right, you would think so. It's a black creator, black voice artist, uh, a show yeah, that, a that seems geared toward black people. For... Yeah. And uh, it doesn't matter. It does not matter at all. And never, never too safe. Mm-mm. So I guess just big channels, if they still exist, that's another thing. If they still exist, uh, it's just going to be safe comedy. I mean, uh, that Superstore, is, doesn't that show still on Superstore for like 10 years? And it's just a, a show about a Walmart where people from different cultures work there. So they all get along and, you know, their entire life is inside of the store. That's been going on for like seven years. You know, shit like that, that is not in our radar because we don't watch those channels. But those are like the big comedy oh, I did, shows. Uh, I did turn on ABC, like just, you know, like the, the standard cable, not not cable, the standard like satellite channel. Yeah. And uh, the, pro- the comedy programming on there is really atrocious. It's really something. It seems like, like uh, Blackish has become their, their like flagship program where they're doing a ton of spinoffs of that they're treating it like a law and order show it's like hmm what 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 people yeah that's that's right anthony anderson got arrested for rape like 20 years ago he i think i think he had a charge against him in the past and then in 2003 or so he got arrested for rape and nobody wants to talk about that nobody likes to bring that up okay if joe biden gets to be president and uh, Anthony Anderson used to have that show, and Louis C.K. has to at least be allowed to have an avenue to make his way yeah. back. Yeah, somehow. exactly. He didn't even rape anyone. He was just being goofy. And it was just a joke. Him. It was a joke. <laughs> I was kidding. Let's have a, a little consistency. Uh, I'm looking at the. ABC comedy shows from this year. Uh, there's a thing called United We Fall with uh, Sounds horrible. With Will Sasso. Uh, and it says, Bill's very judgmental live-in mother and Joe's large Latinx Catholic family never hesitate to let the couple know they're seemingly screwing everything up. So it's, it's uh, King of Queens, but with Latinx people. Latinx. Jack, you're Latinx, uh, aren't you? Sasso. Wow. Two Latinx. Single parents. Have you heard of single parents? Single that parents? Taron Killian. Taron Killian. Terrence Howard? Brad Garrett. Oh, wait. Brad Garrett is getting work? I'm kind of happy for him. Yeah. He hasn't been <laughs> up to much. He's getting, what, what's it called? Single parents? Hey, he's... It was uh, it was Raymond, and then it was Till Death, and then he just disappeared. And then he uh, uh, relapsed into alcoholism in Las Vegas. There's uh, a show called American Housewife. It's been going on for five seasons. Um, cool. This stars, is no. This is a great uh, podcast. Is reading the a- ABC remember, lineup. Remember? Hold on. Hold yeah, on. Remember? What's a Kenny Powers' girl. On yeah, the show. she's the wife on American Housewife, April. Yep. And it's got Diedrich Bader, too. Wow, he's he's a comedy Great. titan. Yep. And Ali Wong. 
just in case you guys want to tune in to ABC's comedy lineup. That's wonderful. Oof. You know, can you go? Can you go down the list of all the uh, blackish spinoffs? There are literally about four or five of them that cater to different demographics. There's mixedish. Indianish. Yeah, that does, does, that should be 2021's big program. There's there's four Chinkish. or five. <laughs> can you chill? Oh, We're on God. Twitch. This is a children's platform. <laughs> I am Chinese. It's fine. It doesn't uh, know you're Chinese, Hans. <laughs> oh, they addressed the election of Donald Trump and Blackish. No, they did do that. Um, and it's like this big dramatic episode where Anthony Anderson is like, nobody understands. That's my Anthony Anderson impression, by the way. He sounded 10 times more masculine than he actually is. Because that's just how I am, masculine. That episode. There's a uh, Gronish. Gronish, thank you. That's oldish, oldish, and that one's in How the works right now. Are there? I didn't know there was one. <laughs> there's four or five of these. <laughs> so, no, there's three. So, Bronish. Uh, what is this one about? It's about a daughter that goes to college, and then mixed dish. Mixed dish is the mom, I guess, and then you have oldish who's the dad. Wait, 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 it's this show. Um, it, it's you two. Too many. It says it's loosely based on the early life of Dr. Rania Barris, who's the Who? co-creator's wife. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah, these so are all the childhood years of yeah, it's awful, but that's what they're producing now. That's the comedy. They've given up. They tried that. That was the Zach Braff podcasting show where he had an Indian wife and children. There was like one Indian person in that. Uh, dude, that I saw the trailer for it, was Zach, it was Zach Braff with an Indian family. It was a full Indian family in Zach Braff. And he's like, I guess I'm going to... an Indian family. If, it's, it's a little weird. It's a little weird, Jack. You're going to admit <laughs> If you if you saw just like a regular white person with a big Indian family around them, you'd be like, "What's going on here?" No, it's his family. Exactly. That's all the more reason it's peculiar. Hey, I what I what I don't know about that. What I like about the show is he's like a big wealthy businessman, and he's like, "I'm gonna quit my job making six figures a year." And start a factory so I can do a podcast. Can we watch the trailer? Is there a way to do that on Twitch? Uh, no, we would need uh, our third guy, Jerry. He knows all about that stuff. If I tried that right now, this show would come to a screeching halt. That would be the end of the show. It's called, it's called Alex Inc. If you guys want to check it out. Uh, it's really but, bad. It's, a really, it's horrible. Yeah. It's oh. funny because that multiracial thing or like brown family, Scott, it's obviously for white people because no indian dad would want his daughter to marry a white man <laughs> so any indian family that watches it, it's like oh no take that shit out of my tv it's obviously yeah. for whites no i mean it's all for whites so blackish is for whites here's the thing here's the thing about any kind of uh, uh demographic oriented uh, uh content like that where it's you know it's like uh what is it lovecraft county one of those types of shows it's always for white people who are like yeah white people suck that's what, I mean I don't I don't I don't think and like maybe uh maybe like the women shows are actually for 
for black people. But if you watch any show on HBO, it can be an all-black cast, something like Euphoria. That's for a straight white girl who's 17 years old. Well, it's, would you say, I'd say something like um, Silicon Valley's for like Indian people, maybe. That was very it's racist. Like one black person in Euphoria, isn't it? Why? Uh, the the main girl is Zendaya, and she's trans or something. She plays trans. Yeah. That's cool. You think trans people like that? Actually, trans people love uh, um, media about them. Actually, they 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 do really appreciate it. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know any any Tran. I don't know. I knew a kid named Kevin Tran <laughs> in fourth grade. You don't know any what are the trans shows? Friends or gay friends. What are you talking about? You're on this program, Jack. You brought up the the penis multiple times. It's pretty close. Hans is looking at it right now as we're talking. That's very yeah, inclusive. I, I actually have it. On, I have it on my screen. Your wallpaper now. Sorry. What was the original question? What are the What are the trans shows? Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm wondering. Because what Ru, RuPaul is not trans. That's no, that's a drag. Oh, the transparent, but that that was one like five years. He ago. got kicked off for uh, stepping on a woman or something. Remember that? Said he came to my hotel room and stepped on me, <laughs> and and <laughs> stepped. He backed me into the corner and uh, trapped he me. me by the waist and tried to kiss me. Yeah, yeah. this ninety-five-year-old man overpowered me. Sicko. That was uh, what's his name, Jeffrey Rush. So, no, not Jeffrey. Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Rush is an innocent man. I'm sorry, Jeffrey Rush. <laughs> I thought it was Chevy Chase. I'm sorry. Chevy Chase. Jeffrey Tambor. Oh, oh yeah. No, it was it was Tambor. No, che- here's the story on Chevy yeah, Chase. They look they they look very much very similar now. But... Now, yes, Chevy Chase. I mean, actually, Chevy Chase. I think lost some weight. Ch- Chevy Chase has gotten such a bad rap forever because people just go, "Oh, he's an asshole." You know, you ha- you hear about Chevy Chase. He's an asshole. People don't like Chevy Chase. And then when he got community and he made like an off-color joke or something, Dan Harmon was just like, oh, we're, we're at the after party. We're at the rap party for the show. Hey, is Chevy's family here? All right, give me the microphone. Hey, Chevy, you're such a piece of shit. Everyone hates you. Nobody likes working with you. How about you go die? And everybody was like, on Dan Harmon's side. So Chevy Chase leaves an angry voicemail. Dan Harmon, like a little coward bitch, leaks them on the internet, and people go, Dan Harmon was totally right. That Chevy Chase sucks. He's a bad man. Didn't he also play them? I think he also played them on stage in one of his podcasts or something. Yeah, that's how it leaked. He did a a Harmon Town show where he was playing it, and then they obviously uploaded it to YouTube or something and made the round. But he's a Hollywood producer. He knows, like... 50 people who molest kids, probably. He shouldn't go after, you know, Chevy Chase. Or old. <laughs> or old Chevy Chase. Or old Chevy Chase. He just wanted to do one more vacation movie, and they couldn't even give him that. He was playing the grandpa in that movie. You ever see the vacation remake reboot? Never saw Why? the original. Oh, really? That's It's a good movie. Oh, uh, yeah. What's uh, Ted Hel- No, Ed Helms? Where is he at, at now? What's he doing? Probably that vacation. Deathly afraid of getting me tooed. He probably has something dark in his past, which is why he's hiding. <laughs> why? I mean, why else? I did notice around 2016, 2017, a lot of familiar faces who were 
you know, on in movies, on television a lot, just kind of disappeared. Not no accusations against them. They just disappeared. Like Joe Swanberg. Nobody's seen Joe Swanberg make a movie for a while. Something to think about. I don't know. Where's Harvey? Where's Harvey Weinstein been? Haven't seen him around. He was trying to enjoy a salad at Olive Garden before a mob harassed him and chased him out. Big bad Harv. That's what happened. That's where I last saw him. Oh, man. You know, I was listening to a podcast last night, and they were just talking about how he ruined the Martin Scorsese film. Uh, What was it? From 2000. Ah, jeez. The Leo DiCaprio, Daniel Day-Lewis one. Oh, yeah? Oh. Uh, New York. Did you say Hugo? It was Gangs of New York. It was Gangs of New York. That's right. Not Hugo, Hans. Harvey ruined it? Harvey. Howard. He said Hugo first. Yeah, it was Gangs of New York because Harvey Weinstein would, uh, you know, meddle in the editing room. There's a famous Bong Joon-ho story after he bought Snowpiercer where he's like, oh, I made up a story. Really can't stand that Bong Joon-ho. A lot of arrogance to that man. I hope he gets humbled soon. But Ah. Gangs of New York. And now Harvey Weinstein's in prison and Bong Joon is like Top Brass, yeah, he's uh, the first first filmmaker, I think the first foreign film ever to win Best Picture. Just goes to show how... Uh, he's a shit, dude. He can make a fucking movie. His, his, have you seen Memories of Murder? No. It's his second film. It is a very well done detective story. Kind of feels like Zodiac. It's from, I think, like 2003. And it has the same actor from Parasite who's in tons of Korean films. Great movie. Oh, yeah, I actually, I like Parasite quite a bit, for the record. I'm not bad-mouthing it. Did he deserve to win Best Picture? I thought Joker deserved to win Best Picture. I thought Joker was the best movie ever. Right. I love when there's, like, a, like, very good, like, like, like to you, Lorez, a very good DC movie is the best movie of all time. <laughs> You have the same glasses I have on with Possessor in 2020. Yeah. It's just a good DC movie. And it's impressive because it's a good DC movie. I'll, I'll half agree with you. Listen, I won't argue. I won't, listen, I, like Joker. I think, here's my opinion. Here's my official stance on this, legitimately. I think Joker, yes. Watchmen, and The Dark Knight fall out of the DC, like good for DC and are, are like great films in general. You can watch those and probably enjoy them knowing nothing at all. Yeah. And everything else. Something like, look, it's, it's become a, a thing that I like Zack Snyder. Hans likes to make fun of the fact that I like Zack Snyder movies, Batman vs. Superman. I like Batman vs. Superman, but it's a good, it's a good DC film. Is it a good movie? That's to be debated. It's not on the same tier as something like Watchmen, you know? I wouldn't argue that. That's a waste of my own energy. But something like Joker, I think, transcends that. I talked about this last night with my friend. I have a friend, and he he works for DC as a colorist. He he actually, like, works for DC as a person who, like, colors in their comics. And uh, he was telling me that Batman vs. Superman is his favorite DC movie. Uh Aha. See, people are starting to warm to Batman vs. Superman. I still don't think it's great, but no, that, that's I think fair. It's probably just compared, just compared to Justice League, it's better, but it doesn't mean it's good, you know. No, Hans. To, I mean, just, 
Because you and your bad opinions again, Hans. No, it was good when it came out before Justice League existed. So, no, you're wrong. Uh, Go ahead, Jack. What were you going to (laughs) say? I know you've never liked it. Jack, you were going to say something. Look, it sucks. It sucks to, like, that this is true. But you're going to have to accept it that Iron Man is probably better than, like, pretty much every DC movie that's come out recently, except maybe Joker. Joker was definitely better. I will disagree with you for this one reason, in that Iron Man, when it came out, was very good. Iron Man, up until Avengers, was still kind of interesting as its own movie, right? But now that we've had about 20-something Marvel films, it's no longer unique, right? They've they've taken the formula and they've replicated it. Right. But that's the thing. And this is this is why the argument <laughs> Sure. When I mentioned Justice League, that doesn't count because Batman Superman came before it, but Iron Man. Hold on, no 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 no. Wait, wait, no, no, no. Hold on. I was just saying Batman vs. Superman upon its release was a good movie. It's still a good movie. Justice League is trash. It it doesn't change anything about that. It kind of makes certain aspects look like a waste, but we're gonna see those things corrected next year with Zack Snyder's billion-dollar Snyder Cut for HBO Max. That's going to bankrupt <laughs> the company. It's going to be the end of HBO. And I'm so glad it goes out that way. Um, my point with Iron Man, and it, you know, you would see this argument back when the, the Lady Ghostbusters movie came out. People like Patton Oswalt would go like, well, you know, uh, this movie isn't going to change the fact that that movie you loved from your childhood still exists. But what happens is the surrounding context of these things does change the movie. And I think that's what's happened with something like Iron Man. How do you feel about Batman 89? I think Batman 89 is still a a great art piece. Jack, I think you were saying something, but you might be muted. Uh, Sorry. No, no, no. I was just, uh, I was trying to think about what you just said in the context of like Star Wars, because the movies outside of four, five, and six aren't as good as four, five, and six. To me, mm-hmm. but you know, or five. I don't think I don't think any of them ever changed how I felt about four, five, and six. The original. It, well, that's fair. Yeah, it's weird because in that, in that series, it, it actually feels like they made them better just because of how much better they are than the sequels. Those and movies prequels. are still so good. A New Hope, Empire, and Jedi are still so good. Have you checked out any of the restoration projects where they have gotten a hold of like the original 35 millimeter print of uh, A New Hope and they sell like a legal bootleg Blu-rays of like as close as possible to the original version of Star Wars? No, I didn't even hear about that. You know, I'm, I'm not even that big of a Star Wars fan in the first place. So. Yeah, Star Wars is terrible. I hate it. But... Uh, you know, I think this is definitely a thing uh, where, I mean, I think it's most evident with the comic book films because there's always an abundance of them. But things do start to lose their novelty when they take a particular formula that works and duplicate that for every subsequent film, which is why I think DC films on the whole do have a greater shelf life than the Marvel films, aside from Wonder Woman and Aquaman, because they fall into that same kind of mold. I think those films will not age well. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Wonder Woman feels like a Marvel film. It feels like a Marvel film. The, the, the antagonist is completely oh. forgettable. 
It's that dude who's in that new Charlie Kaufman movie. I don't remember who the antagonist was. Really. Exactly. Point proven. There's like a soldier, right? Like a, like but no, a... I remember enjoying the movie. General? Who's, uh... But also, in context, in context, the Wonder Woman is good in context because most DC movies aren't that great. <laughs> I don't hold that opinion at all. I think Wonder Woman uh, <laughs> spilled the beginning of the end for, for DC. That's my opinion. Whatever the inverse uh, of that opinion I, to be is. Honest, to be honest, I liked the joke. I liked Joker. I liked the entire Dark Knight trilogy. I liked Man of Steel. I liked Man of Steel a lot. And I liked Wonder Woman. And Birds of Prey was good, too. So, you know, overall, I think they are doing better than what people think. I think they are batting better than what people feel they are. If, if you think that Wonder Woman was the end of it, what do you think was the end of the Marvel one? Because I, for one, could not... Uh, probably after the 39th movie. But whatever the fuck's coming out, I could not give two shits. Uh, listen, I, I'm, I'm absolutely biased as far as this goes because I was out on, like, the first cycle. As soon as they got to Thor, I was like, ah, I'm, I'm good. And I went to go see Avengers in the theater, and that movie didn't feel like a movie. I mean, that was the first one that did not feel like a movie to me. Because again, it's not it's not structured like a film. It's one of the it's one of the first movies where it's like you have to see everything that comes Stop before using it. Using the word film when you're talking about Marvel, you can't use the word. Film. I I don't think there's any. I don't listen. I don't believe there's any class to a, a movie or a film in in terms of its title. I mean, the name of the show is movies, and half the films we talk about are like Orson Welles filmography. That's all we really yeah, talk about. Know. Yeah, but you know what Marvel is. It's like, no, it's like the Morgan Scorsese said. It's like a carnival ride. Yeah, it's like that. So, you know, just get on. And but it, but it's still occupying the medium. That's the thing. So as I'm not going to cons- – I mean, even if it might be structurally and in spirit like a television series, which I think is fair to say, it's still sent out as a movie, and it's a failure as a movie. I actually – so I, here's, here's my thought. I think Captain America, the first Avenger, is the last good one. I think Ant-Man could have been good if they didn't fire Edgar Wright. But it wasn't good. It was another forgettable movie. So everything that happens from... Think about something like... Maybe this doesn't count, but you you liked Logan, right? I thought it was all right. I I didn't think it was uh, on tier with... In the the context of the X-Men, Brian Singer, uh, pedophile parties with teen boys uh, uh, universe... Yes, I thought Logan was probably at the top of that list. Hans, why are you acting confused like Brian Singer is not a pedophile? I'm not. I'm not acting confused. I just, what does that have to do with Logan? <laughs> That's right. I was trying to link no, them no, besides no. the Logan fact that they just use the same character. Due diligence by, by, you cannot say Brian Singer without... It's like how people say you can't say Brock Turner without saying... Uh, you mean rapist Brock Turner? Right. It's like the same thing. It's like, you mean rapist Brian Singer? On this show... If he's allowed to get an Oscar for directing the Queen movie, then we should probably mention the rapist. This, this is a show that speaks <laughs> truth to power. So we're just holding accountability right. where it's meant to be held. I, th- I mean, look, as far as the X-Men movies go, I thought Logan was pretty good. Hans... What about without the context of the X-Men? Then it's whatever. It's kind of C. Because the C, last... C grade. What's the last... The last good X-Men... Yeah, what is, you're, you're out of your mind. Yeah, you're... Yeah. 
That's that's what's the last good act after defending Batman Superman. Far superior film. I mean, there's like I I can't allow you to say Batman versus (laughs) Superman is good in in the same breath as it's better than Logan. If I had to watch one of those movies five times. I've I have watched Batman vs Superman five times. I've watched Logan once in theaters. I said good enough. That's what I said as I exited the theater and I and walked out. I can't believe you saw Batman vs Superman and you said this this earned me four more watches and you dismissed Logan. You have to at least give Logan another watch if you're going to. Dismiss I don't think so. I've seen everything I need to see with that. Mm, I don't Is think this so. Part of it, James, James Mangold. Hey, I reject thing. all of this. I don't. I don't dislike James Mangold. Right. What else has he done? Didn't you, someone didn't someone post a clip of you saying that he was shit? No, that never yeah. happened. You're just making stuff up now. I've. I i do not yeah, even. I've never about thought about James Mangold before. Someone said, "Look, look. Here's what happened in our Facebook group. And we do have a Facebook group. It's a secret group, but you can join it right now at uh, Low Res Gang after Facebook.com." And we'll probably accept that. I what, Here's what happened. Someone made a post that said, oh, since Lorez hates Ari Aster and Robert Eggers, what do we think about it? And I said, I didn't say that at all. I never said I hated those guys. I said those movies probably aren't as good as what people think they are right now. It feels like something you would hate because they're, they have such normie mainstream attention right now. Both those directors do. So it feels like something that you would hate. All I said was, I think they're good for the moment. Let's see how they hold up in a couple of years, which I think is a fair statement to make. It is very contrary. Why don't you just enjoy the, the movies? That's a terrible argument. Just enjoy them. Just enjoy them. Yeah, Put on Salo. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy yourself. Yeah, literally, that's what I tell people. I'm just like, just relax. I know it's hard to get through, but it's only 110 days. <laughs> it's just a little bit of shit they eat you know it's not that big a deal uh, you were asking about James James Mangold he did Copland that Stallone movie from yeah the that's a good movie wait didn't James Mangold do Green Lantern no he did the Wolverine the Wolverine uh, sucked which is the one when they go to when they go to Japan terrible and then like he did movie, actually. I like the Wolverine. The Wolverine is cool. No. Kata Leopold. Japanese guy's in a mech. It's awesome. <laughs> He's fighting he on did. a bullet train. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Girl, Girl Interrupted. Whoa, he did Girl Interrupted, the Angelina Jolie Winona Ryder film. Yeah. Then he did Walk the Line, 310 to no, Yuma. No, see, he's a fine director. He's an all right uh, dramatic director. It's all right. I don't have Le Mans 66. Do you see that? That's Ford versus Ferrari. Let's wrap it up, guys. Oh, Let's do it. Jack's trying to big shot us now. He's trying to be like, ah, oh, I got plans. Well, folks, I got to go. You know, I'm booked over at uh, Good Morning America. It's for the uh, the Flipcast reboot. All right, Stephen Hawking Fight Club, part, part two. And this is actually uh, so much fun that I might actually want to reboot my own podcast now. You're right. Good job. Awesome. Are you going to get Frank and Brandy back, though? Are you going to bring in that Antifa kid? I would. Now that it's post-election, I feel like I could speak to Frank again. Oh, he's probably depressed. He's probably sulking right now in a dark place. He he probably needs it. 
He probably has not accepted the results yet. He probably has not. He's probably what not. results? There's no results until December 14th. Just wait. Just, oh, yeah, just hang absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yeah, no, 100%. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, we don't really have anything. Hans, you want to give one last sentence on uh, Possessor? Watch out for the penis. Watch out for the penis. Now nah, you can do better than that. Come on, that's don't. Like, that would be mine too. Watch out for the penis. Yeah. There's. Um, when when has this ever worked out? <laughs> asking me to improv something. You can it's say that, never. You can say that about all of Lorez's projects. Oh. We've been. Yeah. <laughs> we've been recording things like this for like what five years and every time you throw it at me like that i'm just like i'm fucking i i leave the call so yes usually to... that does happen all right this is an improvement <laughs> all right uh jack where can people follow you on is your are you trying to do like an influencer thing on instagram i know you post a lot of food yeah yeah i'm trying to, I, no i just post food to my friends and see and think i'm joking joking uh no don't follow me don't what you want to protect you your privacy uh no, no no you can follow me on twitter at okay i'm still hungry that's all great okay are you still on tumblr do you still do tumblr uh, i like i like look at tumblr every once in a while and or blog a thing if i think it's funny but no not over there wow okay all right that's been the end it was the end of an era like five years ago <laughs> hans do you check your tumblr no. Yeah, me either. All right. That's got rid of nudity. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, no. What's the point? Okay, that has been movies for this week. Thank you for joining us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Uh Hopefully the audio is not terrible. I have a bad feeling, though, about it. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe this didn't save. I hope so. We'll see. All right, Jack, thank you so much for coming on and hanging out. My pleasure, yeah. All right. And that is...